Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Get What It podcast. Today, I have Elizabeth Bowman. Did I say it right? Yep, perfectly. Yes. I got, I nailed the first name. I can nail the first <laughs> name. It's the last name that uh, is questionable sometimes. So um, Elizabeth is in South America. Where in yep. South America? Uh, actually in Uruguay, uh, which is, uh, you know, for considering, uh, you know, size of uh, that American country is pretty small um, between uh, Argentina and Brazil, right? Tucked in there oh. uh, with the capital of Montevideo. Well, listen to you. Okay. So Elizabeth's very, very, very interesting because I need to know how you got involved in IT because <laughs> that's not what you know. Not at all. No. Um, <laughs> musician. I mean, we got like a whole school of listing of, of things, but let's start yeah. in your background and kind mm-hmm. of, did you grow up in South America? No, no, I'm actually German. Uh, and I just relocated here uh, a little over a decade ago. So, um, so yeah, I would like, I mean, here is kind of my my permanent uh, residence, though, uh, like, typically, when, you know, we don't have a global pandemic happening, uh, I'm almost half of the time in the US, um, you know, because I'm oftentimes representing our company at conferences and, uh, you know, just traveling around. But um, yeah, this is probably the first, like the first year that I've actually been almost the entire year here. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? You can hardly hear your accent. Thank you. Well, I did. I did spend some time in California. Um, first, when I was like sixteen, like a foreign exchange student, and um, and yeah, and ever since then, have been um, going back and forth a lot. And then also, since I grew up, um, you know, kind of being a Navy brat, my you know, we always moved around a lot. Um, like from a very early age on, I was always in like European schools. Um, you mm. know, for example, I, I lived in the Netherlands when I was four to eight years old. So, um, so yeah, you just kind of have to, you know, grow up multi-language uh, <laughs> uh, with a multi-language ability or else, uh, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So you were a Navy brat. Yes. Yes, I was. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, but but mostly lived in Germany um, just for the first like 20 years um, of uh, of my life. And uh, yeah, you said musician. That's, uh, that's yeah, that's uh, what I would definitely say um, my early years were all about. Um, I, th- I play, I think, a little over 10 instruments. Um, and um, 10 instruments? Uh, okay, yes. people listening that are <laughs> that can't see, but I can see a violin and guitars. I don't know what the yes. oddly shaped thing is. Is it a... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a, a mandolin, a ukulele, a violin, a cue chord, which is kind of like a crazy, um, like Asian kind of tech uh, keyboard, um, then a regular keyboard. And then, yeah, I have here my 12 string and six string guitar. And then there's like the, the rest of the room, because this was actually kind of like my home studio before it became um, my home office uh, office. So they were here first. And I'm really very much surrounded by music. <laughs> Okay. Wow. 10 instruments. Holy moly. So clearly yeah. you're good at reading music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and it's really something that, um, again, was really, really present um, for, you know, in the first 20 years, especially of my life. But the, the, the funny thing about that is that I always knew that I did not want to work in music because it was so precious to me that I felt, you know, if I was going to make what I really love, my job, then I might, you know, what happens if I don't like it anymore sometime, you know, just because I have to do it every day. I have to get up every day to do music. And I just really wanted this to be something that I would voluntarily like to do. Um, so, yeah, so, so that was kind of, I mean, the first choice, the first career choice I made was <laughs> not going to go into music. And, um, and I did go on to study economics, um, which is really um, kind of where the other part of my brain is, um, yeah, really strong at. I mean, anything, you know, that was just math related and just really practical, structural. Uh, and then the other thing, I mean, ever, since I have been moving around so much ever since I was little, I knew that I wanted to do something that I could do anywhere. Like I did not want to have a restriction to any kind of profession that you were going to be locally tied into a country, an area or anything like that. So I felt business, you know, sounded kind of, um, you know, uh, broad enough to to be able to do that. But um, but I then soon found out that I was really not that, you know, really finance loving, you know, like like kind of economic geek kind of person. Like I, I knew that I was probably not going to work in economics. <laughs> it's Either. not the it's not the sexiest. <laughs> no, no, profession. I mean, I mean it's. <laughs> well um I, I mean i i do um love that i did it but um but yeah and, and then what i actually did in the in the final years there was focus on a kind of niche area which is called behavioral economics and it kind it, it's really interesting because you know how you have those traditional economic models that say you know hey you know sales and demand go this way and that way but um oftentimes they're just very linear and really just two-dimensional um, but behavioral economics takes into consideration that there's also a psychological aspect into, you know, how people behave. And, um, and yeah, and there, you know, and, and, and it kind of focuses on how that, you know, can be tied into those economic models. So and what I always say is in a way that's not that different from marketing because, you know, it's really looking, you know, into how people behave and, um, and how you can still kind of in a structural way, predict some of those behaviors and what they might like and everything. Um, because then I did, um, when I, when I started really, um, you know, go, to, uh, go out to find a job, I, I did get into marketing actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it doesn't make that like that much sense at first sight, but, but it kind of does. Like if you think a little bit about, you know, how, how, how my focus in those last few years, um, of my master's of economics were kind of like, I, th I think it kind of makes sense. And then the good thing was that in digital marketing, I, um, I worked uh, for many years in an agency, an agency that um, mostly worked with the music industry. So that was actually ideal. Full circle, because, girl. Yes, girl, exactly. Full circle, right back to that music. 
I know. So that was actually really idea, ideal because I had to listen to music like all day to think about, you know, marketing campaigns and different things, you know, for other musicians. So it was kind of, you know, like I could kind of tie in the business world, which I did, you know, like still, um, but then also with that creative angle. And I really got to work with, um, you know, all the major record labels with many, many exciting and, and, and big artists, um, many actually in the US Hispanic um, uh, world, which was then again, something that was tied into my location change to South America. So again, it always all kind of like, uh, like comes together there. Um, and then, yeah, fa you know, fast forward 10 years, um, I was actually leading uh, the operations for Latin America um, by that time. And we were not just uh, working with the music industry, but also with a lot of iconic entertainment brands from Food Network, the NBA. Like, I mean, it was really, it was really, um, a very interesting time. And I felt for many years that that was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and I also really enjoyed working in the digital space as well. I mean, I've always, uh, like, I think been a very early adopter in, in that sense. Um, but I actually, and, and, and that's, I think something that happens to many people, um, that, you know, not, not just in my age, but also, um, you know, to women in general, like when I was little, like tech was just not a career choice that I was really aware of. Like, it's, you know, like, like it wasn't definitely not, not anything that anyone in my family did that any of my friends were doing. Like, I mean, yes, I had some friends that might have been into like video gaming and stuff, but that was like kind of the max of it. So, um, so yeah. And, and while I was working in digital marketing, I had been kind of, you know, flirting with tech a little bit as, you know, some of the, t some of the projects that we did had some tech um, components of it, but, um, but yeah, I was then very lucky to kind of cross over uh, into technology now we're uh, working in design and software development and uh, sometimes I just wish I would have made that switch sooner um, but it, it, yeah it was just I think an awareness problem almost like I don't know is that something that has happened oh we have you? a big problem with it yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes and um, I'm not sure um, in the United States they're really pushing like STEM programs for girls mm -hmm. and getting yeah. them aware of opportunities, um, get what it focuses on women who are looking for a career change and those opportunities. Yeah. Um, because I'm not a software developer. I'm not a techie person, mm -hmm. but I'm in it. I'm scrum mm -hmm. master, agile coach. So I'm around it all yeah. day long, but, um, I never knew that I took a huge career jump at 40, which, you know, wow. like who does yeah. that, right? Like got a family to support. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go and dive into this. And <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. I think what you, what you just mentioned, you know, regarding programs for, for girls, we, we actually do that a lot here um, on a local level. There are um, programs that are called Techie for a Day and it's specifically for girls. And it's, you know, where we go into like schools and, um, you know, invite girls um, to actually come to our company and talk to you know, women that are, that are working today with us in those different departments so that they can tell them about, you know, what they, what they do, what this kind of job actually entails and what the career opportunities are, you know, and, and you also kind of have a, a, a you know, a safe space for like Q and A's, like, you know, uh -huh. so, so that, you know, little girls can actually, uh, you know, speak to people um, uh, about this. And I think that's, that's so amazing that that exists today. And, you know, again, when I grew up, that was just totally out of the question. Yes. Definitely. Well, that's awesome. Well, good. Yeah. So what, so you mentioned it, your company. So tell us all about it. 
All right, all right. Um, now, as as I said, I, I think I was really, really fortunate to um, to find at the right, like to be at the right time at the right place. You know, like how these things kind of happen. Um, you know, I was I was actually offered just um, a relocation to Miami in my in my previous company, and it was kind of the thing like where I was like, am I going to do that? Am I not going to do this? This would definitely mean that I was going to stay in this industry in digital marketing, you know, for for quite some more time. And again, it was a really interesting career path that I think I had there in front of me. But, you know, I just felt, you know, I, I, like, I, like sometimes when you work in marketing, I mean, you're building other people's brands, but I just felt I wasn't building something that substantial. Like, you know, and when, when you build products and technology, I just feel that, yeah, you're like, you're building actual products. You're working with people that, you know, it's, I mean, it's not a house, a physical house, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the virtual component to this, uh, the, the virtual equivalent to this. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, I found December Labs or December Labs found me. Um, December Labs, maybe a, a short story there. Why, why December Labs? Because we get asked that a lot. On the one hand, the company was uh, founded in December, but then also um, December is a really, I think, interesting month. If you look at, you know, the 12th month of uh, the 12th, months of the year as um, it's really, you know, where you're ending a year, but you're like all about planning what's about to come. And that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, I think is really something that the company stands for. Um, the, the, the short story is uh, December Labs was founded in 2014. So it has about six years now uh, on its back. And uh, we are uh, over 70 people now. And it's really been a, an exponential growth. And I have been very fortunate to, from the very start, um, have been working um, in the in kind of the the strategic marketing, um, also some business development side, um, with the leadership team there, and I think that's also kind of another interesting thing because you know for marketing where women are definitely not underrepresented, at least, you know, from, from, from my experience, I mean, there might be exceptions, but I mean, in general, you know, women are pretty present, um, in tech, that was totally different. Um, I mean, from, you know, the company being founded by men, uh, to of course, most of the engineers being, being men, I think, um, it was actually a great move from them being open to add someone kind of to that leadership, um, you know, area that, 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 that was, that was different from them. And that also brings, you know, a different type of skill set, um, you know, from soft skills, from empathy, but also from a totally different background. So kind of everything came together there. And I have to say that I've been really appreciative of that. Um, as far as what December Labs does, I mean, it's custom uh, design and software development uh, for mobile, for web solutions, a lot of um, UX UI design as well, um, and really just building very sophisticated um, custom products for um, US startups mainly. Um, we've also worked with um, bigger enterprise companies from Google to Accenture. Um, but yeah, uh, just really work with amazing entrepreneurs and building their dreams. <laughs> so do you do websites and mobile apps? Yep. Yep. Everything. I mean, every, like everything, basically that's uh, custom um, software development. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say that today our team is about 50% um, mobile, 50% web development. How about um, women? That's a good question. Uh, I actually asked for, uh, for just a status update because no, because this year, I mean, it's like, like sometimes you don't even want to say it loud, but really with everything that has been going on globally, we have grown so much. 
And I think that's part of just, you know, a like a general demand for technology as a solution for so many things that are going on today. So, um, so yeah, today we have 25% women at the company, oh, that's fantastic. which, yeah, which for, for tech, uh, for technology is, is not bad at all. I think. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Well, since you brought it up, um, so the pandemic hasn't affected you at all. Well, Let's put it this way. I mean, in the beginning, of course, um, there was a time of uncertainty and we also um, had some projects maybe not materialized that were about to get closed or, um, yeah, or just, you know, had like a month or two of, you know, just kind of um, looking at where everything went, uh, was going to go. Um, but I think then two ha things happened. On the one hand, um, we were like, we tried to be very creative um, with what we were doing as far as, um, you know, outreach and positioning. I mean, we really had an event calendar already kind of planned out for the year. Uh, I mean, just in, in January, I was speaking at CES on wearable technology. And, um, and yeah, and that was, I think, really the last thing. And it's so crazy that that still happened. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that, that I was still able to do that. But then, um, yeah, we really had to pivot. And so we did anything from hosting our own digital events events to, um, you know, kind of putting together industry trends that might have, you know, that might be interesting for um, kind of the people within our ecosystem and everything. So I think on the one hand, that really helped just to, you know, stay kind of in the conscious of people. But then also, I have to say that, um, that, yeah, we maybe maybe um i should explain a little bit like uh, like the kind of verticals that we work mostly with but because that kind of ties into this there um ever since the beginning but especially in the last few years we've been really really strong in health tech uh, and when i say kind of healthcare health tech i mean the kind of extended health space including wellness well-being fitness but also health really and so i think um yeah this vertical has just become so much more relevant than it even was before. I mean, for a long time now, I mean, health tech has really been one of the centers of innovation in general. There, there's so much going on. There's also a lot of investment. Um, and there is really, there, there are so many potential solutions out there that are really going to help people, uh, which I think is, you know, really one of the exciting parts of working um, in the digital health space. But now with the pandemic, I mean, it's, become more relevant than ever uh, anything from telehealth solutions up to wearables that uh, you know wearables anything that you uh, you know smart like products that you might Yes, exactly. Fitbits, uh, Aura rings, um, uh, you know, the, these kind of wearables, which we also work a lot with. Um, yeah, that can ha help you detect early signs of potential COVID infection. I mean, there, like, there are so many different things that have just become so much more relevant. And many of our clients that work in this space, um, yeah, have just uh, been, you know, getting more investment or, uh, or have even transitioned sometimes from being a B2C product to B2B opportunities. Um, so, so yeah, again, I know that it's a really, really hard time for the world in general and for many, many people, which is why we are even more grateful really to, um, yeah, to be working in the space that just offers so much opportunity. And that is, I think, you know, from what you were just saying about having made that career change, uh, you know, at some point, I think that's also the other thing that so many people or young people, uh, you know, uh, are not aware of, or were, were especially not aware of earlier, like, how much opportunity uh, there is in tech 
and how it's just becoming every year, every year more relevant and how many career opportunities there are, how much demand there is, you know, for um, good skilled uh, developers. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's definitely something just, you know, as the world is changing and also the kind of professions that, uh, you know, you might want to look into. Um, yeah, just getting an early idea of the opportunities in tech, I think it's super important. So is your company... Okay, so clearly right now you're probably remote, right? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, yeah. So actually, the the company opened um, its offices again in June. Oh, um, but but uh, I also have to say maybe that um, here in South America. Um, co- cases overall and like like i mean the country in general has not been as affected um, maybe as other territories in the world it also happened you know has to do a little bit with us being kind of far away (laughs) in this sense so uh so i have to say that overall i mean there have not been any mandatory lockdowns people just comply in general um you know with uh you know uh, carrying masks and, and 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 things like that but um but yeah we were actually able to open up our offices as early as january with different sanitary measures and um not uh not offering space for the entire team as you know we're just having people um with more distance between their desks and everything but basically we're making it optional because some people just you know felt that working from home was not working as well for them and then some people really thrived on that um so today yeah we offer that hybrid solution sometimes uh, people come in half of the week or just a couple of days some people are full-time at the office some are um full-time remote um but yeah on the other hand um we do have an office in houston texas as well um and uh and yeah in that case actually um everything is and stays remote remote. yeah okay huh i didn't realize that south america you guys didn't have so the numbers aren't as high as like here or no no we have or no no like i think it was just about two months ago or so we actually had days where there was like where there were like zero new cases per day. Like today, I, I still, we're like, you know, below the hundreds, typically, you know, maybe 20 to 30 per day or so. I mean, that's, of course, this changes. And uh, as everywhere in the world, there are, you know, still also second, third waves and things like that. Um, and now we're approaching summer and people will just go out more. And I think that, you know, might change the, the, the scenario a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, compared really, and again, uh, you know, being German, of course, I, uh, I'm very close to my family who lives there and they're now under mandatory lockdown. Uh, my sister lives in Switzerland, uh, same thing kind of there. So, um, so yeah, I just have to say that I think we're very mandatory here. lockdown, huh? So yeah. nothing is open other than like no. essentials. Yes, yes, exactly. Holy so way. And, and, and really it's, and it's so funny because on the one hand, I mean, Uruguay is kind of far away, but then it's Eastern time zone. So that actually makes it so easy for us to work with us clients, uh, from here. And then of course, again, also, um, from our Houston office, but yeah, it's like the distance is far. (laughs) So we don't get too many people. (laughs) When we were setting up this time, I'm like, what time zone are you in? Yeah, no, no, no. Like yours. (laughs) I was like, Oh, damn, I had no idea. <laughs> no, no, that's that's what that's what you know many people don't know, but that's actually why also like when, when you talk about software development, you know, you have those um concepts of onshore or offshore work. Um and when you talk about offshore companies, that's typical in typically India or Eastern Europe or something, but um Latin America actually counts um as near shore. 
um, because it's nearer in the sense of that you actually do have the same time zone. Cultural fit is typically, you know, uh, pretty right. much given. Um, and it's uh, and it's yeah, it's really been also one of the reasons maybe why for companies such as ours um, have been growing so much because it just you know, it, it's really convenient. And now with everything being remote, um, really, there is no difference as long as you have really highly skilled people and provide good quality work. Um, yeah, like people don't care really if, you know, if you're based out of Miami, San Francisco or anywhere. Um, and I think that's really way, where we have a competitive value proposition. I think that, um, and maybe it might be different in your area, but um, I think and I don't, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but once, so here companies have seen um, the work like totally go booming because people won't leave for lunch or they don't stop and talk to their coworker and have coffee mm -hmm. or the water hole or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, and so I have a feeling companies are going to go rem remote, remote, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. One, it lowers their footprint, you know, in, in, yep. in the communities, lower costs. They can take that money and get more skilled help. Um, are you seeing, do you think that's going to happen mm -hmm. in your area, but not affected as much? No, I mean, I've, I've seen uh, other companies, for example, move kind of to an almost like co-work kind of uh you know like status where you might have you know like a small office for example in a co-work or so and mm -hmm. then you know people can like do have the possibility to meet up you know for for specific instances or you know team meetings or stuff but um that then the rest of, of things are remote i have to say that i really appreciate um being able to see the people that you work with um so like i would personally wish that this that this entire situation does lead a little bit more to like flexibility so that, for example, if you, you know, want to work a part of your time from home that, that, you know, that, that in general, there's a lot more flexibility there, but I, but I would hope that it won't just be fully remote all the time. Like, I think that just kind of takes away a little bit of that human connection and, um, and yeah, and just teamwork, team spirit. Like, I mean, but like, I have to say that I work a lot from home just because it's, you know, very comfortable. I have my dogs here. Um, you know, uh, we have lunch with my boyfriend, which we typically wouldn't have together. So all of these things are kind of nice. And I also, you know, I'm really happy with, uh, yeah. Uh, with you can just get my... up and like sing a song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, so that's actually, you know, really comfortable. Um, but I do have to say that when I go to the office, I love just seeing the guys there, um, you know, saying hi, I, I don't have like, I don't feel I need that every day. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's still, I mean, still you're working in a team and besides Zoom and Slack and everything and, you know, we feel so close and like still, I mean, you have to, you have to find those instances of talking. I remember when the, when the pandemic started <clears throat> with just a couple of um, team members, um, you know, we set up kind of like weekly syncs, like, you know, for like just 15 mm -hmm. minutes to like, just say hi and see how everyone was doing. And, um, and that was really important in the beginning because we didn't have a custom of doing that. Um, you know, when we were working from home, because it was just not happening a lot. And I right. think that really helped towards kind of a transition of today, you know, sometimes with some of, you know, like some, some of my coworkers, we might be 
working for some time kind of in parallel remotely, but, you know, still like to, to, to still kind of trigger these kind of conversations, which if you just, you know, call each other for that specific call, then it's, then, then, then it's that, then it's those 15 minutes, 30 minutes of something very specific. Um, so, yeah, I think I have kind of mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I think people need the human interaction. Yeah, I do. I think our brains are not functioning properly because we don't <laughs> totally. talk. I think human interaction helps the brain keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to be a society of dementia because we don't have that stimulation with each other. Right. And that's very hard on, mm-hmm. um, on um, people. Um, no, the have- other, the other thing, yeah, no, the other thing, sorry, I didn't, don't want to interrupt, but I think the other thing is um, the actual workplace. I think that many people, um, you know, kind of have an okay equipped workplace as far as, you know, just like working randomly from home or so. But I think still, um, people will really need support as far as, you know, anything from, uh, you know, proper, um, you know, seat, proper table, having the right support, like that, that's, for example, that something that that we were very worried about in the beginning for our team, and where really, I think December Labs also took a great step forward of supporting everyone, like, and just basically equipping their, 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 their remote workplaces if needed, you know, like, if you didn't have a great, if you didn't have a great setup, you know, like, we would um, make sure that you, you know, we would bring just everything from the office that someone might need. Because again, I think, you know, just posture and, you know, these things like they, like you might not notice it immediate, like in the beginning, but in the long run, I think that's, um, that's kind of important, but then also kind of the the psychological aspect of it. Um, I think the other thing that I really liked, uh, about what we did is that our HR department, for example, has put into place just a lot of like small things. Sometimes like every Thursday, for example, we do like small activities via Slack, um, you know, just like where everyone is engaging, you know, with each other. And sometimes it's, you know, Hey, recommend your favorite movie or what's like the weirdest thing you've seen this year. Or, and then, you know, we vote about these things. And sometimes we do like, you know, small sweepstakes and stuff like that. Like just things, you know, that still, that you see each other's faces there because also, I mean, we're almost 80 people. Um, and it's really easy to forget about a lot of your coworkers right. there. And, um, or, some, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, like we were sending out care packages to our employees, you know, like anything from, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, yeah, alcohol to masks to anything, you know, when it was still like kind of harder to get these kind of things um, to just Toilet showing paper. that you care. <laughs> yeah, we actually did that too. <laughs> But, but, you know, more like kind of as a joke, but still to say, hey, you know, we care. And while we might, you know, because, of course, at the offices, we also have um, as I think, you know, that that's actually one of the nice things of working in IT. You know, um, you you learn from the big companies that just provide a very pleasant workspace um, for your employees because, you know, that they're very high in demand and um and so, you know, you might not have all the snacks and the cookies every day, you know, because you're not at the office, but still, you know, kind of receiving that attention, showing that, you know, like that your employer cares about you. I think those things are are very important in this kind of transition that we're living in today, um, just so that you still feel connected to what you're doing. Yeah, we, um, a big conversation, and it came up lately because, um our governor is probably going to shut us down. I won't say fully, but um, mm-hmm. is the mental health. Have you seen, since you deal with the health mm-hmm. industry yeah. a lot, it, I'm assuming that's 
skyrocketing. I, yeah, I think that that's actually a great point. Um, one of the companies that we've worked with, for example, um, they're called Hum. Uh, they're originally from Australia, but um, are now based out of California. And um, they, for example, what they have, they is a patch that you place on your forehead and uh, it improves your working memory. So um, that, for example, is what, you know, one of the things when you're working from home is, you know, besides the mental health in general is also, you know, the distraction and really the efficiency. <clears throat> so that was actually a really interesting case of, you know, how something that was initially thought for personal use, you know, uh, concentrate better before you, you know, go practice the violin <laughs> or right. anything else now really became like got a different meaning. Um, another wearable that um, we've been working with um, for for some time now is called Apollo Neuro and it's a wearable that um, sends out vi different vibration patterns. It's neuroscience powered and it helps you alleviate stress. Um, so, so these kind of products we've just seen, you know, have just skyrocketed as far as their relevance, as far as, you know, being able to help people really deal and cope with this new situation. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I, I, like again, that I think is part of, one of the main things that we've been working with um, through this year, you know, like these kind of companies that just have become so much more relevant to help people stay sane, right. <laughs> concentrate, deal with everything. Um, Dude, I need yeah, that it's, bracelet, the stress yeah, bracelet. Apollo, I can definitely recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Lots of people said we're all going to be my kids. I sent my kids to school back full time. Yeah. Okay. And our district did, you could either choose remote or back full time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh no, you're all, you, no, you're <laughs> going, you're going. And then they just shut down the schools this week. So I'm, my daughter has tomorrow as her last day and my son has Friday as his last day and then they're remote. And I'm thinking to myself, stressfully, you know, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. high school, yeah. third grader. Yeah. How do I, I'm not too worried about the high schooler, but the third grader, mm -hmm. that's kind no, of I think, the attention. <laughs> I, I, no, I think definitely that people with families um, have been just affected so much more and so like it, like it's just a totally different level and we do have people you know also at the company um you know with small kids and everything and uh it's i think that that is really something and i have to say that you know in my case it's just my dogs that i i think they actually planned the pandemic because they're so happy that i'm at home all day <laughs> <laughs> well what kind of dog uh they're uh, they're shelter dogs um and uh yeah they're just so happy and i think they just planned this and set this all up like there is a conspiracy theory there that you know it was actually uh was you know the, the pets of the world yeah 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 no no de definitely because but 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 that like in my in my like everyday kind of work routine it's been gotten it's been getting easier with the pandemic in that sense because i just you know all the things that i had to kind of plan around for like i can just now you know like go for a quick walk 10 minutes during the day which before i had to like really plan for that am i at home is there someone else going to do that and everything but i do really appreciate and really you know take my head off before you know people with families with small kids with bigger kids as i yeah, I, I can just totally see how that's a totally different challenge. And um, I think this year definitely has has taken, yeah, uh, a lot, you know, a big toll on them. It has. It definitely has. So do you have anybody on your team that's like in a, in the United States or international? 
Uh, yes, uh, one of our co-founders um, is uh, leading our um, Texas office. Oh, okay. Um, actually, the company was founded by uh, well, has four co- has co- four co-founders, and uh, and yeah, and he just opened up. Uh, his name is Marcelo Cordini. Um, he opened up our um, U.S. office. I think it was like three three and a half years ago. And so we've been kind of small, like slowly building our team there. I have to say that, you know, although sometimes we offer, you know, the two options, you know, a nearshore team or an onshore team, most of the times our clients, you know, just opt for the nearshore um, option because it's it's uh, it's cost competitive and you still have really, really high level of talent. Um, but our kind of the idea of where we want to, you know, continue to push ourselves to is kind of a hybrid model where we can, you know, for certain key positions, offer uh, U.S. support um, and then, yeah, kind of have, you know, that that backload really um, with our nearshore office. Sounds good. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. No, so- and it's been really and and actually, I mean, the fun, the fun thing kind of there is just Texas. um you know, in general, because, you know, some people like in the beginning asked us, like, why don't you go to San Francisco to Silicon Valley? But really, I mean, when you are in the US, um, like, you know, everything that's happening in California, Silicon Valley, like, it's just, I mean, it's not cost efficient. It's really, you know, so tough on the one hand to find talent, um, to hire there, to build really a company there. I mean, I do understand, well, of course, certain companies like have to be there, but I think there's overall a tendency. And we've seen that also um, with our Texas office of just, you know, people kind of moving to these, um, to these kind of areas of the country. Um, And also, I mean, you have Austin, of course, also close by, which, uh, which is becoming, you know, really, really a big hub in that sense as well. And overall, I think, yeah, Texas and and Houston especially has been just a a really great and almost accidental surprise choice for us there Um, that has been working out really well. And today, actually, I have to say maybe maybe 30, 40 percent of our clients are actually local in Texas. Um, And that's just all because, you know, we've really grown our footprint there and have been really present um, in the local industry um, so yeah, that's, that's actually been something very exciting that has been going on for us there in the f- past few oh, years. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of people that, um, startups that will come to the Midwest because of mm-hmm. the price that it's yeah. affordable living and, right. you know, um, so yeah, California's people can't really afford it. I mean, it's, yeah, no, no, unfortunately. And so, yeah. so again, like even for, for our U S team, like I think still we're competitive there. Um, and then of course, you know, having that near shore option is just something. And then the other thing I do have to say is that because of course there are also, there are also, um, dev shops in Argentina in Colombia and Brazil and many different other countries. But I do have to say that somehow we have been really able to position ourselves in a really unique spot, which I think partly has to do, you know, just with our culture of really, you know, like having an entrepreneurial spirit from, you know, the name to really how the how the operations uh, are, are going. But also our hiring process takes like, it takes several months, like we just go through so many instances for anyone that we onboard to our team, which really helps us then, um, you know, provide a service that's really superior. And it happens to us actually quite a lot for you to hire somebody. Yes. Like, I mean, just from Holy the first shit. interview. Yeah. So like from the first interview, um, you know, that's more kind of HR focused to like, you know, different um, technical instances, um, you know, to really making sure like, is this person up to our standards? And um, 
while that you know uh, is a lot of work for our HR team, <laughs> uh, still uh-huh. I think it kind of it, it, but it, but it pays out in the long run for us. I mean, just the other week, um, you know, I I had a conversation with with a client of ours. They actually la- like last year um, when they it's a it's an actually a really great um, fintech company from Denver, and um, last year they were considering us for their for their project uh, for building their product, and we came in second. And um, but we stayed in touch. And then this year, um, you know, and and the the, the company that they chose um, was a US based company. And then this year, um, you know, they contacted us again and said, you know, hey, we're just not like quite sure about the quality and the value proposition, proposition, everything. And, and, uh, yeah, we, we ramped up the work and, um, are now working with them with the almost 10 person team. And the other week they called me and they said, hey, you know, the only thing that we regret is that we didn't make this, uh, the switch sooner. And so, I mean, this, these kind of things really show you, you know, that, that all that hard work. And I mean, it's from HR to finding the right people to, of course, people such as myself who, you know, really try to work with the companies, with entrepreneurs, with anyone, you know, wants to work with us to find really the right solution and the right way, how we can make this work. If we're the right partner, the right fit also, you know, for what they're building, um, really being very transparent during that, um, you know, the entire process that, that those are the the moments when you feel, you know, this does really make sense. And all like, and all that structure that we kind of put in place is what makes a difference. Like typically when companies compare, like, or when, when, t- when potential clients compare us, they don't compare us to other Latin American countries, but it's, you know, us or maybe us vendor. And I have to say that that level playing field has just really improved for us. Um, yeah. Even with the pandemic. Wow. That's great. Okay. So um, I always ask everybody this. Other than music, because we know mm-hmm. you have a passion for music. Yeah, I can't hide that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> what do you do outside of December Labs? Uh, what do I do outside? It, it's hard not to say music because I also have a band and I just, uh, yeah. Do you uh, have a band? A, lot of, a rock I do and roll band? band. A dream pop kind of band, like okay. kind of beach house, um, cigarettes after sex, kind of that uh, that type. And we are actually in the middle of recording our city. So we also use the pandemic for that. So it's kind of hard to find free time after December Labs and after my band. Um, <laughs> so you're recording no, but, a CD? Yes, we are. Oh, that's exciting. When are you going to release it? So uh, thanks to COVID, who is, you know, really present in our conversation because it's just present everywhere. Right. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we were not like we're, we're probably not going to release it this year just because we can't really present it. Um, you know, like when you do something as big as this kind of project, um, yeah, you also have to consider, you know, what kind of press are you going to do? Uh, what kind of, you know, like presentations are you going to do? And that, you know, we, we will see how next year will kind of change things, hopefully, you know, with the vaccine and everything. But uh, yeah, but, but how, probably will. Were you out like clubbing it? Were you like no. clubs and stuff like that? I mean, we were before, um, I mean, yeah, and before now, yeah. And, and, and so right now we're kind of seeing, you know, if we push our release to like February, March to kind of see how things are, then, um, we might want to release, you know, something small, um, between before Christmas or so. So we're, we have, we're having that in the plans. That's exciting. Yes. Is it stressful? No, you actually, need an Apollo bracelet. <laughs> I know. I know. No, no, no. It's just too many things going on. No, but besides that, I mean, I really, I really kind of enjoy, I mean, 
that's the other thing. I really enjoy traveling, which right now is a little bit harder to do. But what we do a lot here is um, kind of interior interior. Uh, tourism in the sense of you know like you get to kind of you know go out and and uh, discover just parts of the country here that oh. you might have not known before so um so yeah i've been kind of embracing that a lot as uh you know and the you country has summer time there or going to yes ex yes yes exactly so this is actually the perfect time to kind of you know just go out and explore there are many like really remote um, sites here where there's not a lot of people around so you can kind of freely move here and um, and yeah just enjoy kind of nature going out you know disconnecting from this but the, because that's really the other thing that you know with the pandemic you're just in front of the computer all day mm -hmm. like all, for everything you know for communication for calls for work for everything so I think that and going back to also mental health which you mentioned is just really important to sometimes go out disconnect and say hey you know let's call it a day and um, let's try and make room for human connection in just any way that we can. Well, you'll find it funny. It was snowing here right before we jumped on this call. Yeah. Oh, wow. I have like these three big bay windows in my office and I looked out and I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> because and it, it should be shocking. It's Ohio, Ray, right? It's November almost right, the right, end right. of November. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's almost yeah. summer. Yeah. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> no, and that's actually, I mean, uh, in the past, we've had oftentimes clients visit us actually and take advantage of this, you know, like escape the winter over time. there and come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and we, uh, we definitely have always enjoyed that. Um, and it, yeah, and our clients as well. <laughs> I, I just met somebody, um, he's got younger children and he lives in the summertime in Michigan. I mean, he's a young guy. And he's like, yeah, we pack up and we go to North Carolina, which I mean, it's not like South America, but it's yeah, North yeah, Carolina yeah, and, and, um, yeah. for the winters. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, we homeschool our kids and we just shift them right. back and forth every six months. I was like, damn, why not you think of that? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think there are many ways of like, where kind of life is being reinvented also right now. And, um, and I mean, this is in, in business, this is in, you know, personal life, this is in kind of work priority, work life balance priorities and everything. And it's really something where no one has the exact solution. Uh, you know, you kind of take it by the day like okay so this feels right for me and this doesn't and this is where I have to really step the game up or this is where I have to adjust more um, I mean also for me of course it's very hard to be that far away from my family and not being able to just jump on a plane if something you know would happen to anyone like you know that that's a lot tougher today but then also work-wise I mean I typically had that direct connection with many of the people that we work with um, all throughout the U.S. on you know like every couple of months and now I don't have that so I also have to be just a lot more present because I don't get that FaceTime right now the good thing is that as it's happening to everyone it's still you know like it's not that you're in a disadvantage and I think you know we've just all gotten so much better at communicating because we have to um and I think that's also where where women sometimes like, you know, like we're just sometimes more empathetic and we just like I, I think it's really something where you can like where I feel that I have thrived, like that, that, that I was able to thrive. And I've also seen that in many of my of my female colleagues and which I also love that there's just 
you know, like the, the level playing field in general is just a lot more like, you know, there, there's not that many differences. Like if, if you're good at what you do, you know, then the opportunity is kind of there. And that's um, that's what I think is one of the more exciting parts also. So for your family, um, because you guys are so far away, do you guys like Zoom call? I mean, is that how you communicate? Because if they're on lockdown, right, they're in their yeah. homes and... Right. I mean, on the one hand, um, and that's just sometimes because of the time difference, it, it, like, it's like, you know, what's up voice messages, like, you know, so whenever some, you know, when I have time, I sent my mother, you know, a voice message of just several minutes, and then she will listen to that in the morning. And then when she can, she will, you know, respond. So that actually has been working out pretty well in general. And then, uh, yeah, sometimes it's Zoom calls, sometimes, um, yeah, just what's up calls. What's and the kind time of difference? Uh, it's four hours. Oh, okay. But well, actually, for the last half year, it was five hours. Now, um, you know, with the time difference, now it's four hours. Yeah, because we. So I mean, it's back. yeah. So I mean, it's 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 manageable, but um, but yeah, you have to you have to kind of plan for that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and actually, I mean, it's funny because the other the other week, actually, we started to work with one of our few European clients, um, which is actually a company. Um, that is working in the mental health space. So again, that's <laughs> what is really one of the recurring topics here. Uh, so really excited about that. Um, and uh, that means that I, you know, even for, for my work, I have to like adjust a little bit more to the European market. But then also we started working with an Australian company, which is the other opposite. And so while again, you know, like I think 95 of our business is US based, like we just uh, just got really lucky for in the in the last few weeks to uh, to yeah to kind of you know go around the globe. So I can't wait. So Australia, yeah. they're they're behind us. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, ahead of us. Oh, like, ahead of us. Yeah. So um, so basically, for example, during the week you just have four days that you can actually connect because they already start Sunday afternoon and then. Fridays it's already there Saturdays right um so so yeah but those are also the things I mean again that I think you know today's communication and everything that has been just advancing so much more even as far as technology you know to just be able to communicate and you know such really a flawless way yeah has opened up also these kind of opportunities and um and yeah I think you have to embrace kind of the good and you know and try to not try to not yeah, focus too much on the bad or, or kind of try to work your way around it. I think that's really the only way to stay sane. <laughs> so I agree with you. So is it decemberlabs.com? It is decemberlabs.com. Okay. People have <laughs> odd website names. I know. I know. Oh. No, no, no. Uh, definitely the easy one here, decemberlabs.com. Uh, also, we have uh, our blog, blog.decemberlabs.com. And um, there we actually have quite like may maybe just to um, yeah to, to like to, to just mention that as well. One of the things that I think sets us apart um, when it comes to providing our solution solutions is just really, you know, like focus on democratizing knowledge on really um, giving people the information they need to make the right uh, decisions and sometimes that's working with us and sometimes it's working with other people but I think there's also so lot, so, uh, like a lot of stigma in the tech world in general like we have so many people that come to us with bad experiences of you know being held hostage by a developer or um, you know just 
not feeling, yeah, like just feel that they have paid for something that in the end won't work or won't scale and these kind of things. So, so I actually always take like my job of really, you know, understanding what it is that we can do and how and I got to take that really, really seriously. And so um, some of the things that we put up on our blog are just kind of things that from our day-to-day conversations, we know are just questions that come up, you know, again and again, for example, you know, uh, uh, ownership about your app, like, uh, you know, it, is, is your app really my, really yours? Um, do you have access to the source code? Do you have all the documentation? Do you have all the passwords? It actually does happen to us sometimes that, you know, people come to us and they can't access even what they've built before with other people. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, again, you know, just big on really evangelizing in the tech world and really putting it into a great light and, you know, having other people um, feel comfortable also moving within this realm. Uh, yeah. Our blog, blog.decemberlabs.com might also be something interesting to check okay. out. Okay. Yeah. We always like to promote where people can learn yeah. from others. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and be really like, I mean, we really focus there in a way like on the business side, almost like, again, you know, as we work so much in the health space, for example, we put together a directory of just the most relevant um, digital and virtual health conferences right now, because that's really hard again, you know, like for people in our ecosystem to right now understand, like, where should I go? Should I go to CES? Should I go to something really niche? How does that look like, you know? And so like, you know, we, we, we don't want to put out just content just because of the sake of content. I mean, uh, but, but, but we do want to give people the opportunity to just learn a little bit more or, you know, feel better prepared when they, you know, when they have to talk to, you know, a development company to kind of, you know, speak the same lingo, know that they, that know which questions to ask, because that's actually also one of the things that I really, like, I think are really challenging If, if someone, you know, is looking for, a, a, a partner to build their tech product like what do you ask you know i mean there are of course blogs that say hey you know you should ask about their experience about the stack or what their approach is and everything but i think it's really tough and you're about to invest a lot of money sometimes and really trust someone with their with your baby with what you're trying to build with your dream and it's not that you can just you know switch you know week after week it just you know it's not feasible so um so yeah i mean one of the things that just and and that was already like that for me in marketing, but it's also like that now in more the tech space. Like I just really like to build human connections like with the people that I talk to and just really make them feel that they are making the right decision, whatever it might be. That's the best way to keep happy customers. <laughs> yeah. Or or people that, you know, are not customers, but that, you know, like I mean, you never you always meet twice. Um, like that's also I think one of the things that yeah, like whatever industry you're working in, uh, yeah, that I think you just have to keep in mind. Definitely, definitely. Well, I don't want to keep you because you're <laughs> a busy lady and I appreciate your time very much. And since we're on the same time zone, I know it's lunchtime and you probably didn't <laughs> even eat lunch yet. So hopefully your boyfriend's making you some good lunch. So when you get we'll off. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. He'll have something for you. So, but Elizabeth, I appreciate you coming on. You're so interesting. I love it. Um, I wish you good luck on your CD. Um, Thank you. Please let me know if it comes out so I can download it. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, no, and thanks, Elizabeth, uh, for having me, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, it was really a pleasure, a great conversation. And um, yeah, excited yeah. to. Let's stay in touch. 
I've been here. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. And thank you again. Thank you. Enjoy your summer. Thank you. Enjoy your snow. <laughs> winter. <day. laughs> yeah, winter. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.